Hello, my name is Jason Reichel, and you're listening to Risk Management Brick by Brick. I'm fascinated with people who are helping build and maintain the physical world around us. On each episode of this podcast, we'll dive in with a risk manager, speak to them about how technology plays a role in this process. Hey guys, welcome to Brick by Brick. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having us. Yeah, Yeah, excited to be here. So we're at Procore, we're at Groundbreak. Why is this such an important event for you, for your customers? And give us a little bit about your background. I'll let you kick it off because you've been at Procore the longest for Groundbreak. Uh, Well, you're first. (laughs) Well, uh, I think it's my seventh Groundbreak and I've been through so many. My favorite part about Groundbreak and why I think it's so important is everyone getting to meet in person. There's so much knowledge shared. Construction at the end of the day is an in-person business and based on relationships. And this is another way we can really help accomplish our mission of connecting everyone in construction on one platform and do it in person. And so I walk away from this event just learning so much about how our customers operate, what their challenges are, and then how we can really go back and take that feedback and incorporate it into what we do. Tell me a little bit about your background. How did you end up here seven years in a row with some breaks probably for the pandemic, right? Like, what's your background? So I started Procore to build out the business development team and really built out the initial marketplace with all the software partners, a lot of which are partners expoing in the expo hall here. It's amazing to see how many have grown, I think over a hundred now. Mm. I remember we used to have 10. And really it's about bringing everyone together, even those software partners of how they connect to Procore to help accomplish goals for our customers. And so over the time period, we were starting to partner with various companies. One of the things we started learning was how our, our customers are with their insurance carriers and brokers. And we realized there was a lot of room for Procore to improve that process, that there was a lot of data that just wasn't being used in those conversations to really help represent our customers. Uh, to show that they have best-in-class operations, that they are managing these construction sites in a new way. They've invested in technology that allow them to be a lower-risk contractor. And we wanted to bring that data forward to make sure they get recognized in the form of better insurance terms and better prices. And that's really the goal of Procore Risk Advisors. You know, I think Grand Break is so important because as an industry, this event creates a voice and an opportunity to learn. Now, I think when you look at construction, the pace of innovation, and it's massive. However, the people in those innovative roles don't have traditional like technology backgrounds. They're people that have been just sort of mandated to take on the adoption of Procore, the implementation of, you know, TrustLayer or any of these other solutions that are in the market. So this event is so important because it brings like-minded people together to share best practices. And if you do that effectively, it moves the industry forward. And I think that's just so big for this industry. You know, I think there are 3,200 or something customers here and that knowledge share will help propel that industry forward and close a lot of the knowledge gaps that, you know, has been keeping the industry from really innovating over time. You're talking about something that's really interesting to me, which is the speed of innovation of the industry, of the owners of construction properties that are being developed. All these things are kind of pushing rapidly and growing rapidly. Yet there's a body of people working in these companies who are either not ready for that change or in the middle of a transformation, often worried about technology. You know, their jobs have vastly changed in the last 10 to 20 years when I talk to people on the podcast. What's some of the things that you guys are seeing where you should be an adopter of this now, you should be thinking about this for your organization? Yeah, I think... The reason why technology plays such an important role in construction is construction companies have lots of the baby bo- baby boomer you know generation, and they have so much knowledge inside their head. 
And for the construction companies of the next generation to succeed, they have to pass that knowledge down and they have to help enable their new employees to be able to build really effectively. So technology plays a critical role because it gets information out of people's head and into a data set that then can be distributed throughout the organization. And that's incredibly important when you look to the next generation of builders. One story I always like to share is if you go back 10 plus years ago, there used to be a saying when Procore was getting started that the construction industry would not adopt technology. Mm. We had a very different viewpoint at Procore was that no one was building technology for the construction industry. And if you built it, they would use it. And I think we've really proven that out over time. Now we're in this next phase where now that they've adopted a lot of technology and that process is continuing to accelerate, there's all this data that just didn't exist several years ago. And the next phase is really unlocking the value of that data and using it to improve your operations even further. So one great example is we recently launched data analysis where we used OSHA data, essentially safety data of incident rate and lost days rate per 100 workers to basically correlate what behaviors in Procore are most important to affecting those outcomes. Uh, you want low incident rates, so you don't want lost days, obviously, right. in this industry. And we're able to find really interesting correlations of what good looks like and share it back with our customers. And so a couple that I always just like to share is when you look at the submittal process, we can actually show what a good submittal process looks like. It turns out to be one of the most correlated aspects of a lower risk. And one of the things that we found is having greater than a 30% revision rate of submittals is really correlated to better outcomes. And it's what's a sign that early on in the project when the submittals are getting approved, they're actually being reviewed properly. You're finding issues and mistakes and identifying them, getting them corrected, and then getting them approved for the project to move on. And it's also a sign that you probably have other operations that are really, really strong. So we're now able to share back with our customers, here is what your current submittal revision rate is. You know, If it's below 30%, you might want to work on that. If it's not right for you, you don't have to. We're able to really show back data of how what benchmarks look like and really show you what best-in-class contractors, their levy technology, what that looks like and how you iterate to get there over time. I think that's really important because, you know, if we were doing this show five years ago, six years ago, people would probably talk about how we're entering into the age of information where we were collecting all this information. And people, they did it, right? They collected a ton of information about everything. But now it's how do I action on that? How do I actually have it provide insights to my business? And I think that's a, a new place for technology. We have AI, we have other things like that to really step in and actually bring these insights to our consumers, right? To the people who are using the technologies. What are some of the stuff that you guys are doing within your own practice at Procore to leverage that data? You mentioned the submittal thing, which is so interesting, but where does it go from there? Like what's the next steps? So there's a lot. So one is we're bringing a new dashboards to our customers. We're calling it the operational excellence scorecards basically showing across some key behaviors, how you currently are adopting the software today. And these are particular metrics that are very, very tied to risk reduction. And then lets you see where you are today, what you can do to improve it, and then leverage that data to say, this is the goals for our company and we're going to roll it out. And it really empowers our customers to not just say, we're going to adopt whatever tool for adoption's sake. We're going to adopt this tool because it really impacts risk. And we can see that we have room to improve on this particular one. And we're going to go roll that out and go through the change management of educating not just your own employees, but all project stakeholders to then go improve that metric. And then one by one, you can keep rolling out to the next. And you know where you're good, make sure to stay with those workflows and keeping them where they are. And then go move on to what you need to do to improve the business and unlock in value. And some of those insights that you're finding, are they surprising to your users what they are? It's an interesting, it's a mix of a uh, surprise and I knew it was in my gut. I didn't know how important it was. It was often what we were. 
So like we share the one about submittals. You have a lot of people that are veterans out in the industry that have seen that. They'll tell you all these stories about why that's so important, how they always knew that, and they just didn't know how important it was or how how critical it was. Like thirty percent was kind of the magic number of revisions. There's another one that's really fun to look at is uh, how you use the punch list tool, using it early in the project lifecycle, where some customers think of it as this tool for the end it goes out and everything gets documented right before end of the project. And there's those customers that think about it as an ongoing process to document things early, give enough time and planning to get things closed out. So leveraging something as simple as the punch list tool in a different way has is correlated to much better risk outcomes. I think the analog to what we're doing is what you've seen play out in the telematics in the auto industry or the trucking industry is developing the behaviors around what is a good driver. Do mm-hmm. you wear your seatbelt? Do you stop at a stop sign for three seconds? Do you drive slowly around corners? Those behaviors are critical to understanding the risk profile of the driver. We're now applying that same logic to the construction industry, helping contractors be informed around those behaviors to understand these ones have material impact on risk versus like to your point, there's tons of data out there. It's trying to understand which specific metrics are the ones that you need to pay the most attention to. Yeah. Sometimes when I'm thinking about this topic and risk and where people are, it's like every risk manager I talk to on this podcast, for instance. Many of them didn't think they were going to get into risk management from the very beginning. So they have their own flavor of what they think is the most important. Some people, it's in a contract uh, insurance transfer. Or there are all these different elements that are important to them. But what I found is because all these risk managers are not coming from a risk management school, getting this holistic education, they overemphasize on one particular thing that they've seen a lot in their industry. And I feel like technology is bringing that breath of, hey, this is all of this. And this is how you actually improve your risk practice. It's not just one thing or two things. It's operations, right? It's operations of that risk. So I think that's really interesting for individuals because it's something I've noticed where a lot of their frameworks are not like, you know, in sales, you have methodologies for sales or you have XYZ for sales. It feels like we're emerging into risk management, having some methodologies, some different ways of actually approaching the work kind of holistically. And that's exciting. Exciting. Yeah. With all this data, I think the risk manager and the risk management departments within organizations are getting a voice they didn't have a voice and they're getting a seat at the table where they didn't have a seat because they're playing such a critical role in the outcome of the company. They're really playing a great role creating the guardrails on how the project should operate, how the field teams need to respond. And that's super important. And I see technology just further enabling the risk manager. To your point, there's tons of risk on a job site, right? There's operational risk, there's contract risk, and you can only spend so much time on each of them. Where data will play a critical role in you know, some of the things that we announced at Groundbreaker around our AI co-pilot, the idea of having this risk manager co-pilot that is working alongside your risk manager in real time to start flagging those metrics or those you know, sort of observations on job sites so you can pay attention to those things. And I think it's just going to be a really nice concert in the way they work together. Yeah. Why don't you go into that a little bit more? So AI agent being deployed with the background of the best practices from you guys is it learning from your users? Like, give me a little bit about how that whole process works. So obviously, you know, there's a lot of opportunity for, you know, certain co-pilot when you apply it to things like safety and, and risk are starting to really lay out what are those metrics that you want to track and be and understand. And then having the co-pilot continually working in real time to start flagging when things are flying out of compliance or out of risk, or this is an area of attention and making and driving an action to remedy that situation. And that's important because, again, there's lots of different things that happen on a job site. So you have to educate the co-pilot on like, what are the things that are the most impactful to that project performance? Right. So 
That's the work we're doing now. Some of it's already been released and some of it's tied to the operational excellence dashboard and some of the work that we're doing there. But the opportunity is to just marry the AI and the, the co-pilot with the risk management org and the broader field team is super important. So you have this operational excellence, this hub where people are now understanding their data, understanding the things they should do. Is this a topic that interests the executives? Does it cease? Are they interested in actually this information? Or does it feel like admin operation stuff for nerds? Well, you don't start with the nerdy admin stuff. You go, doing these things really well will protect your business. So you'll have it to hand through the generations. And it also unlocks potential savings for you, either in insurance or financing or other partners that you work with. And that obviously matters a lot to the C-suite. They want to understand how to drive a really profitable business and control the risk of losing the business. So if you anchor on sort of those two things, that's a massive opportunity and you get the C-suite's attention. They don't want to know how it's all done necessarily, but they want to understand what the impact of the business is. That's why I said it before, like it feels in the risk managers that we're speaking with, they now have a seat at the executive table because risk management is such a critical function of the organization. And you know, I think one thing that we see is when you talk to contractors, like really what we call majors, which is, you know, probably 150 million in revenue and up, they'll start having dedicated risk management. But below that, risk management is owned by whoever by has functional function, HR, like whoever. And like to your point, like they don't have a background in risk management. So the opportunity there to really enable them is huge. And I think that resonates owners of those types of firms as well, because they know it's a gap in their current organization and anything that they can do to enable their teams to do it more effectively is really important. Yeah. I think the expansion of risk management, like, so when you go to any of them, there's risk managers around, they're very free about sharing what's working, what's not. Then they go back to their silos, back to their desks, and they're kind of just out on an island by themselves or with a couple of other people. Right. And operationally, it's like, well, how are we making these decisions? What ones are we, I talked to a lot of risk managers that say their perception by their team has really changed over the last two years, three years from you're the person who tells me, no, I can't do this. I can't do that to actually having a seat and being a valid person to help you make the projects go better. That education has to go wide across the entire industry. As we know, you know, a lot of risk managers are aging out and there's not a whole bunch of people filling in right now. That's a big problem in this industry from a resource perspective. So it's interesting to see how technology can leverage that, bring community, bring like a body of knowledge, right? And then also really impact so everybody has a better outcome. Because I think if all construction organizations had a better outcome, that would be better for the entire industry, right? Especially around things like safety and risk and other things like that. What's next? What do you predict the future of technology looks like for not just Procore, but for risk management? What, what are you guys interested in? What are you leaning in on right now? I mean, I think the risk management co-pilot stuff is going to be super compelling again because so many contractors don't have dedicated departments for this stuff. And it matters, right? People's lives are at risk. The companies are at risk. Like you need structure and sophistication around risk management. So I'm really excited about that. I mean, again, there's so much cool stuff out on the floor that we've seen. What what excites you? But if you think about it like long-term, this is what I think is really, if we accomplish our vision, what happens is those contractors that care about this, that are investing in risk management and properly having really, really strong operations, they're going to be rewarded in the form of better insurance terms, better terms, and they're going to be more competitive and they're going to take market share. And so you really see in the future, this will be the only type of builder out there and it'll become table stakes. It won't happen overnight. It'll take a lot of enablement of uh, really letting the whole industry know around mismanagement. 
this data exists, these tools affect risk, here's what good looks like, here are the benchmarks, here where you are today, here's a plan of how you can improve. And slowly but surely, if you look at what the insurance industry really does over time, is it helps the industries understand how they become better. Because if you're properly pricing the risk, you're really letting them understand what they need to do to improve. And so it's really a symbiotic relationship of if you get improved premium, or sorry, improved uh, insurance programs by doing these behaviors, you'll then really see people realizing this is important. We should invest in these things and we'll be recognized. And what really just becomes the way the industry will operate. I want to play devil's advocate with that statement because I agree on this utopian idea. But, you know, I'm the CRO of TrustLayer. We have a software that's about risk transfer. And it's a critical part of the element. It's sort of what I always say is like checking and making sure that someone's read your contract and, and that you are good to go and work on that project. The idea is to build a report that shows that you're an operationally excellent organization so they can give that to their insurance as a negotiation piece. When we've talked to carriers about that in the past, it's been hard to see what things are going to really move the needle for lowering customers' premiums and things like that. Are you guys actually having success or is this the idea that if we put this in place, then we'll see a better negotiation for uh, construction organizations? Is there success out there where you've seen this actually lower people's premiums or keep their premiums at where they're at? Yes. So a couple of things on this. So yes, we have seen a lot of success from leveraging this data to, to enhance programs. And I know everyone goes to lower premiums. Yes, we want to have the lowest cost, but insurance is first and foremost about the best terms. And there's a lot you can do to improve the program quality. This could be the size of the deductibles, the coverage, endorsements, things like that. So we really focus there on saying, hey, because you have these great operations, it, you can actually have better, more holistic opening doors that you couldn't have yeah. open before, yeah, conversations you couldn't have. Yep. And then, you know, we're in the very, very early days of this, but actually building in partnership with the carriers, exclusive programs that understand that this data is important and bringing that to the market. We've had our first one was a builder's risk program where it really understood that tech-enabled contractors that are managing the operations properly have water detection technology on site. They should be rewarded for that and really figuring out a uh, underwriting model that takes that into account. Well, I think we all wish it would happen faster mm -hmm. uh, than we want, but these things take time. You really have to prove it with the data and uh, get the whole industry on board. So you know, we spend a lot of time doing what we call underwriter enablement, where we educate underwriters across all the various carriers on here's what Procore does, and not just Procore, and here's the tech stack that's built on top of Procore of all of our partners. And then here's all the ways it could help reduce uh, risk. And really, here's a bunch of data that's now available that wasn't available just a couple of years ago where you can get a better idea of how this contractor actually should perform. And then over time, we can start incorporating that more and more into the underwriting models to the point where you know, eventually just becomes part of the standard process. Do you think the biggest risk to the construction industry right now is lack of knowledge-based workers, the lack of being able to get this information standardized and into a place? Is What are they struggling with during this transition? Yeah, I would say labor is obviously top for most, getting knowledge based workers to come in, join your company and add value without a huge amount of enablement and training is that would be what every construction yeah. company needs. So I'd certainly say that's like thing one. And then the industry itself is just inherently risky. The way we build and the types of projects we're, you know, asked to build continue to become more and more challenging. So there's just a lot of risk throughout organizations, but I'd certainly say labor is the top one. One of the things I've noticed is uh, a lot of times that the companies we talk to, the operations team who's doing all this work to make sure they actually run as top tier operations, 
this siloed from the risk management side mm-hmm. who are, you know, dealing with the, some putting the submissions together with their brokers and putting, reviewing the policies and the terms. And there's this two siloed house where we want to bring them together. And I think that's a big challenge that when you start bringing the risk manager, the operations team and the technology and the data from that together, you get a much more holistic viewpoint of what is the real risk here? What measures is this company taking to make sure uh, that they're doing everything they can to control for risk and manage it properly? Mm-hmm. And a lot of that gets left out in the conversations today. Right. And not even known that all that data exists. And so just bringing that, the learning and enablement that it starts getting talked about, I think will be a huge impact moving forward. Yeah, I think one of the things that I often run into when I talk to these organizations, let's say you're operating in a state like North Carolina and you have 10 regional offices of your thing. A lot of the setup is usually operations that's centralized in one location. Mm-hmm. And then you have these 10 field offices. The 10 field offices don't want to adopt policies and procedures that come from the corporate Greensboro office as an example. And it's a lot of like siloing happening within the functions, within the way that organizations are formatted, which you saw in technology six or seven years or 10 years ago, probably. And you started to see like, oh, we actually have to build this virtual operations that exists in the cloud, right? This place that it affects everyone. It's not a corporate office. It's sort of across the entire board, right? But that's been a challenge because again, the industry that construction is a relationship-based industry. It's an in-person industry, right? So how do you make these kind of technologies, which are super powerful, personal, like so that you can really show someone, hey, this is worth paying attention to? It's a great question. So I, going back to the example of the operational excellence dashboard is you can start cutting it by division. And you can actually say, hey, like you're talking about, there's a lot of fragmentation. The West Coast division has really great metrics for these metrics. And so maybe they don't need to concentrate on those. And so you get very much to that personal level of saying, hey, we don't have to just make one policy for everyone. We can say this is where they need to concentrate and this is what they do well, because you can start really having that level of granularity where you couldn't have that before. And you get to you know, exemplify and show that, hey, they are really good at these metrics. Let's make sure to reward them and let the whole company know that here's we're doing things well and they can rest the company can learn from them. Uh, and so you can really make it granular down to the division project manager level of what are the things they each needed to work on. That's very custom and individual to their metrics. That's great. Yeah, I would just add, you got to measure what matters and you have to get everyone aligned to that. And then you also have to not just focus on where things are going wrong. You actually have to reward where things are going right. And I mean, this happens all the time around toolbox talks. It's always like, hey, you got to fix these things, but you really need to celebrate when things are going well because people are learning behavior. You got to give attaboys. You got to help drive that culture. So I think enabling those types of people and and then showing them what matters is super important. And it's how you get technology adopted and how you build those internal champions. That's really, really good advice. Well, I love having people from Procore on the podcast. It's so nice to be talking to other technologists who are bringing technology to people in a very real way that's helping the built world. What, is there anything else that you guys want to plug or talk about before we end the episode? Yeah, I mean, I, you sort of talked about it earlier when how do you actually help the underwriting community from the insurance carriers understand this risk and understand the technology adoption. Like going back four years ago, I started talking to some insurance carriers like lots of people don't even know what Procore is, mm-hmm. let alone maybe Trustlayer or like some of these other organizations. So there's just a massive opportunity to educate the insurance carrier community on how these technologies impact risk, how the data and then like what they do. They're hungry to learn. They want to understand 
like the smart and talented underwriters are going above and beyond when they try to understand risk. They're going to job profiles and looking for types of people those contractors are hiring. So they're getting more sophisticated. Uh, I think what we're really excited about with Procore Risk Advisors is we launched a full service surety and insurance brokerage that has full market access. And then it leverages all the data that's being created by the Procore customer to then advocate on their behalf when you are working with an underwriter. Underwriters have a certain amount of subjectivity in pricing. Before I actually knew how the insurance markets worked, I assumed it was just like a, you know, actuarial. Uh, yeah, yeah, here's it. Yeah, and it like spit out a price and that's just like what the price was. Yeah. What I've learned is there's actually like a fair amount of subjectivity in the price but you have to build a really strong narrative and you have to substantiate it with data. Yeah. So when we go out and we're representing our brokerage clients and with their submission, we're saying like, here's the risk, here's what they've built, here's all the loss runs and all the traditional stuff that you asked for. And then here's how this company operates compared to its peers, right? We can do cohortal analysis of like their operational excellence scores and some of these other things. And it helps build this additional credibility and get the underwriter much more comfortable with the risk had they been going through a traditional broker, people don't have access. Are your customers at Procore, are they innovative ones who are going, oh, let's go with this brokerage that's tied to this piece of technology? Because that seems like a really big deal. It seems yeah. like a, a really important turn for Procore to say, hey, we're going to be now this middle person so we can advocate for all of our customers using this technology. What kind of profiles are you getting from that? Yeah, so I think some of the early customers can definitely be grouped in like the innovators group. And then very substantiated customers that we had to go and prove that we actually understand these markets, that we can actually go and get them improved terms, especially on like the bonding side, which is critical for a lot of these businesses to grow and take on this infrastructure work. So yeah, I'd say there's been some early adopters that would be grouped in innovators. And then certainly some people who don't see themselves in innovators, maybe not laggards, but however, like this makes sense for our business. We understand what's necessary. We understand that insurance brokerage and perhaps isn't keeping up with the pace of innovation within the construction industry. Yeah, right. And this broker, you know, on our teams, they understand how this information can be leveraged. So, I mean, there just must be as many frustrated brokers as there were clients yeah. who want to work at a tech-enabled organization who's using data to actually drive customer satisfaction. I behavior. mean, they've been talking, like the smart brokers, they've been saying all the right things. However, they just don't have access to a lot of the right. data where they actually need. It's certainly not because of lack of talent, it's just because of lack of access. So that's what we're really excited about. Back to your question about, you know, who's really resonating is, you know, it's those customers that don't see insurance as a necessary evil, but see it as a strategic competitive advantage that can really be a profit center to help them accomplish their business goals. And that's, I think, the right way to look at it. And then they can really leverage what they've invested in to represent themselves in partnership with us to make sure they then get those programs that they deserve. And they become, you know, that lowers their overhead. They become more competitive at bidding. They really become a better contractor. And that's really going to make them a better business for a variety of reasons. Like the idea that Procore is lifting up all these parts of the industry and shining the light onto them and continue to invest and expand. So thank you guys very much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Risk Management Brick by Brick is brought to you by TrustLayer. Find out how TrustLayer manages risk so that the people can build the physical world around us. Head over to TrustLayer.io and then make sure to subscribe to Risk Management Brick by Brick on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. On behalf of the TrustLayer team, Thank you for listening.